Hey everybody, two quick things before we get started. Uh, first off, I, I'm on vacation, just reminding you, bad audio quality, I apologize. I'm outside in New York City uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful day, but uh, it, it's gonna sound like crap and I apologize for that. There's nothing I can do for that or, or about that. Uh, second thing, you can nominate Nintendo Switchcraft for a podcast award. It's not going to be for best audio quality for this episode, but uh, the the podcast is, uh, you can find Nintendo Switchcraft at podcastawards.com under the games and hobbies uh, section. And it's super easy to do. It takes five minutes, five minutes of your time. And we got nominated last year. Maybe we'll get nominated again this year. The way that it works is the 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 top 10 shows that get the most nominations those are the ones that are actually nominated uh for the podcast award so uh we were in the best gaming category last year i'm hoping to be in games in best games and hobbies this year uh but anyway uh thank you guys and let's let's get started on the show Hey everybody, Bill here on vacation uh, in New York City. I found a quiet place where I don't think that we're going to have motorcycles going by or buses or trains or any of that nonsense, Uh, but we've got some Nintendo news to talk about. It is actually Tuesday, so I'm going to record some today, and if there's more news, I will record more tomorrow and I will post it tomorrow, but uh, man oh man. Uh, what a craziness. On this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft, Captain Toad VR, uh, Nintendo uh, posts uh, some crazy numbers uh, for the Nintendo Switch sales data. Uh, my trip to the Nintendo store in New York City, uh, those stories and possibly more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Stick around. Here we go. Hey, Bill, this is Anna, a.k.a. Sorrel Clay. Just wanted to say, keep up the great work, and Nintendo Switchcraft is an amazing podcast. Henshin a go-go, baby. All right, let's start by talking about Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. This is a game that came out on Nintendo Switch a while back. It's actually a port of a game that was on the, uh, not only the 3DS, but also the Wii U. And it's a game that I never really had much. I I may have played a little tiny bit of it, but I I haven't played hardly at all. Uh, My son has it and he he thinks it's a great game and and he's he's not wrong. I I just didn't spend much time playing it because I I was just too busy playing other stuff. But why am I talking about it today? It's been out for a while now. Uh, The reason why I'm talking about it today is because Nintendo uh, made a couple of announcements about Nintendo, or I'm, I'm sorry, about uh, uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Uh, the first one uh, comes to us in our Discord channel from Super Nintendad, who is an awesome guy, and he's been on the show. Yeah, he's been on the show before, back when the uh, the 2DS was announced. He came on the show and we talked about it, but uh, Nintendad dropped in our discord channel which by the way you can join our, our community discord uh by going to runjumpstomp.com uh, slash discord 
Uh, he dropped in a, uh, a YouTube video, which I can't look at while I am recording, which is, you know, that's not great, but that's okay. Let's, let's talk about what it got. It got VR support. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker now is going to have VR support. Uh, you can pick uh, four levels and you can look around in 360 degrees. This this update is out today. I'm recording this on Tuesday. I, I wasn't sure what day it was. I'm recording this on Tuesday, but it's out today. It's for uh, only for the Switch, obviously, because that's the only one that has Labo. Sorry, Wii U and 3DS, but... Uh, uh, what do you think about this? I'll tell you what I think. I think that of all of Nintendo's games that they have on the Switch, this is the one that probably makes the most sense for VR. Uh, if you've not played Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, each level is is this little self-contained cube almost. And you have to solve puzzles by turning the cube and looking uh, at different places and different locations and, and getting Captain Toad to the different locations. Uh, but being able to do this in VR, I think is going to be pretty cool. You're going to be able to see this this from a different perspective. Not only that, but it's going to be in like it'll feel like it's in 3D because they separate the left and the right visual channels for you, like just like our eyes do, uh, work. Uh, and that's going to give us uh, three dimensions to to look at Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Now. I think of all of Nintendo's properties, this one makes the most sense for um, to, to use with with VR. But I'm going to say this with a little qualifier. And the thing that I think is really important to keep in mind here is that this is going to look like ass. It's going to look bad. It's going to look terrible. Just because all of the other VR things that we've seen have looked really, really awful. There's not been one yet that has looked nice. I, I sat down, I played Breath of the Wild, I played Mario Odyssey, I played Super Smash Brothers, and I played Labo VR, and I played all of them using the VR headset, and they were all really ugly. That's not to say that it was a bad experience. It was okay. It was passable. It wasn't it wasn't like somebody stabbing me in the eyes or anything. But it was ugly and it was it was not good. And the reason is because the limitations of the Switch hardware. Nintendo decided to put out a portable system. And when you're looking at a portable system, you have to uh, you have to restrain your you have to constrain what you are making around battery. That's a very, very important thing. And one of the things that uses up lots and lots of battery is high-resolution screens. So what did they put in the Nintendo Switch? They put a 720p screen in the Switch, which when you're playing on a portable system, really not that big of a deal. I think it works pretty fantastically, and I don't think that they needed to go any, any higher than that. Any higher than that probably would have been a mistake because it would have cost a lot more in battery life. Uh, so uh, this 720p screen, coupled with the idea that you've got these two magnifiers that are right on top of it, so now this, the, the pixels look even bigger, and now you're holding 
the uh, this 720p screen with the magnifiers about an inch from your face, from your eyes, the little tiny pixels aren't so tiny anymore. They look huge and blocky and ugly. But that's okay because it's not something that you're meant to play for an extended period of time. That's why they didn't give you a strap to keep it on your head. You got to hold it up with your arms. And this is, it's super interesting to me. I will probably try it out. Uh, But that being said, I don't think this is going to be a huge selling point. It's just a kind of a cool add-on. Now, some people are like, well, hold on a sec. This sounds fantastic, Bill. I think I'm going to run out and buy it right now. And you know what? Don't. Don't. Because Petra... Petra is a Discord community member. Uh, they dr- uh, dropped a link in uh, in our Discord today, which was awesome. This is also from Nintendo Japan. That uh, I don't have a translate button here, but I remember what it says. It says that uh, don't don't rush out and buy Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, which is a, a weird thing to say, uh, because. We are going to have full access to this game if you are a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber starting on August 5th. Uh, and um, what, when does it go until? To the 11th. So for about a week, you're going to have complete access to Captain Toad Treasure Tracker on the Nintendo Switch. So that takes away any incentive for me to buy it. However... That also gives people who have not purchased Nintendo Switch Online a lot of incentive to buy it. Because, look, they can say, oh, I can go out and buy Nintendo... um, I keep wanting to say Nintendo Switch Treasure Tracker for some reason. I can go out and buy Captain Toad Treasure Tracker for $60. Or I can play it in a week for $20. I can get the Nintendo Switch Online... Uh, package for twenty dollars for that for the for a year, and now I've already bought in. So now that also comes with uh, all of the other stuff that was available. And if you were sleeping on this, I'm telling you right now, if you do not have Nintendo Switch Online today, is the day to get it. Uh, I'm posting this episode tomorrow, okay? So tomorrow is really the day to get it. But uh, July 31st is the day to get it. And here's why. All right? Nintendo Switch Online comes with uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker uh, playable for one week. Uh, And then it also comes with the NES uh, games. Uh, It also comes with the ability to play games online. And the big one, the really big one, the biggest selling point, I think, so far for Nintendo Switch Online is the voucher system. And tomorrow, July 31st, is the last day for the voucher system. After that's gone, after that day, you can't buy the vouchers anymore. I really hope they bring this back in the future. I bought a, I bought multiples of these vouchers, and I have used them to buy Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2. Um, another game, oh, Super Mario Maker 2, and uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. So I, I bought two of these games, and or two of these vouchers, and it got me four games, and that saved me $40. 
which is a really, really good savings, especially because the, 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 the access to those vouchers was $20 a year. Now, the last day that you can buy the vouchers is today, uh, July 31st, and you're not going to be able to buy them anymore after that. So if you're listening to this and you've not picked up Nintendo Switch Online, Today is the day to get it because not only will you get access to Captain Toad Treasure Tracker for a week, but you'll also be able to buy those vouchers. I know spending $100 up front is painful, but saving $20 on two games is an absolute steal. And I am, I, I think that it is probably the most compelling reason. Uh, it is uh, $8.44, sir. Uh, it's probably the most compelling reason. I'm sorry, sir. I don't have any money on me, sir. Sorry. Uh, it is probably the most compelling reason to pick up Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, and it's it's gone after today. So if you're listening to this on uh, Thursday, I'm sorry. It's uh, too late. But anyway, uh, that is Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. What do you guys think? Are you guys excited about the VR mode? Are you excited uh, about being able to play it for free? And if you don't already subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online, is this something that will convince you to subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online? Uh, Oh, gosh, there's one more thing that I think I want to talk about before I go. Uh, And that is uh, the idea that... You know, Nintendo is adding VR support to these games after the fact. And my guess is it probably doesn't take too much. It's probably some API calls because they already did all the work with the with the Labo VR stuff. And it's probably not a lot of work for them to add support to other games. Are there any third party games that you think would benefit from getting access to Nintendo Switch Labo VR support? Uh, let me know either on the Discord or email or uh, tweet at me at RunJumpStomp. The hashtag is Nintendo Switchcraft. I would absolutely love to hear from you guys what third-party games would benefit from this. And do we do we think Nintendo will give third-party devs access to this? Because so far it's all been first-party stuff. Anyway, let me know. That's it for this story. And uh, let's uh, we'll stop recording and we'll record more later. Bye-bye. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind... The team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet... You can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, everybody, let's talk some numbers. Nintendo uh, Nintendo posted 
their their sales figures for uh, for the Nintendo Switch, and it's pretty damn great. Uh, they have now sold 30, almost 37 million units so far. The Nintendo Switch is a ridiculous powerhouse. Uh, and, and it's just, it's pretty interesting. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, you know, I used to, I used to do this like every time that they would update this stuff, but, but, uh, I'm not going to do too much. Uh, 37 million Nintendo Switch units is uh, really, really impressive. But what's going to be even more impressive is later on this year, when the Nintendo Switch Lite comes out, uh, it is going to completely demolish these numbers, I think. I, do I think it's going to demolish these numbers this year? No, but uh, in the next in the next few years, the Nintendo Switch Lite is going to sell so many more versions or so many more uh, units than the Nintendo Switch has so far since uh, March third, twenty seventeen. The Nintendo Switch has sold thirty seven million units, and that's went costing three hundred dollars a pop. You drop that thing down to $200 a pop, and, and basically you're reducing the cost of the Switch by a third. It's going to really fly off the shelves, especially with all those new colors. I know that there's going to be people out there, uh, probably not people that listen to this episode uh, or, or this show, uh, because I did a tweet or a, a poll and a lot of people said no. But there's going to be a lot of people out there that uh, will... They already own a Switch, and they're going to buy another one to just to, because they want to have the smaller version. I know that there's people out there. Uh, a friend of mine, Bobby, who does the Nintendo Guru, he's gonna, he, he already said he's going to buy all, all three colors, which is bananas. But he said he's got to have them. And there's people out there who are going to buy all three colors. This is something that Nintendo uh, figured out a long time ago, is that people like to collect the different versions of their consoles so putting them out in different colors is a brilliant move and it's going to sell a lot more i don't know how many i don't i'm not an analyst i cannot tell you how many i think they're going to sell but uh when this comes out on september 20th that 37 million that number is going to go up so so fast i think that they will easily hit 45 million units by the end of the fiscal year and I think I, I may even be uh, selling them short. Uh, I think they're going to sell at least 45 million. That's a really loud bird. Uh, I think they're going to sell at least 45 million units uh, by the end of the fiscal year. And I'm not saying 45 million units this fiscal year. I'm saying their total units sold since the release of the original Switch. The Switch and the Switch Lite included by the end of the fiscal year, which comes in April, uh, April 30th, uh, or, or no, March 30th is the end of the fiscal year. I think that Nintendo will have sold at least 45 million units of the Nintendo Switch, which is just an absolute juggernaut. And I'm very curious as to... You know, PlayStation sales have slowed, Xbox sales have slowed, and that's not a huge surprise. Those are coming up on the end of the life cycle of those. Nintendo Switch seems like it's just getting started. This is something that Nintendo could either be a really, really good thing or it could be a really, really bad thing. And here's why. Okay, Nintendo launched their console 
mid-cycle. So what that means is that the PS Next and the Xbox whatever, when they come out uh, next year in 2020, and I think that we have confirmation that both of those are coming in 2020, when these things are released in 2020, um, the Nintendo Switch is now going to be very, very underpowered compared to these other consoles. And why is that important? Well, it's important because developers, they have to they have to kind of shoehorn their games onto the Switch as it is. I look at games like uh, The Witcher 3. You look at what that game looks like on PS4 and Xbox One, and then you look at what it looks like on the Switch. First off, kudos. Kudos to the developers for porting that game to the Switch and making it look as good as it does. But it doesn't look nearly, it doesn't look anywhere near as good as it does on the other consoles because the Switch is so underpowered compared to those. And that's a lot of work that a developer has to undergo to bring their game to the Switch. Now, I will say this. Obviously, CD Projekt Red looked at the sales numbers for the Switch. Those, at the time, less than 37 million, but now 37 million, like 37 million possible potential customers. And they said, you know what, this is worth doing. This is, that's a big pool of audience that has the possibility of wanting to buy our game. So let's make sure that we bring it to them. And they made that calculation and uh, I'm sure it's gonna pay off for them because The Witcher 3 is a fantastic game. They did all the right things by porting their game in a way that the whole thing is on one cart. I just, I, I applaud them, but uh, it's a big risk. Uh, because it probably cost a lot of money to port that game to the Nintendo Switch. Now, why does it cost so much to port to the Switch? Because the Switch is so underpowered. When we get to 2020 and the next, uh, those next consoles come out, that porting is going to be even more expensive and it's going to be even harder for developers to bring their games to the Switch. Now, luckily, And I said this before, uh, you know, this could either be really good for the Switch or really bad for the Switch. Having that many Switch sold, 37 million, and with the Switch Lite on the roadmap coming out on September 20th, I think that Nintendo is in a good position that a lot of developers are going to say, we cannot ignore the Nintendo Switch. That's too many potential customers, so we're going to have to port our games to the Switch. Now, does that mean that they're going to develop them for the Switch first and port to the other consoles later? I don't think so. Are there games that are going to be on the other consoles that the developers are going to say, I don't think it's worth it to port to the Switch because it's too hard, probably. I'm looking at EA. EA likes to do stuff on the Frostbite engine, and the Frostbite engine is really, really a resource-intensive engine. I don't see them porting that to uh, those games to the Switch. Uh, they've already decided with FIFA that that's not going to happen, and I just don't. I don't see any Frostbite games coming to the Switch anytime soon. I would be happy to be wrong about that, but I just don't think I am. I think that 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 is just not going to happen. So, uh, even no matter how high that number gets. EA has said the Frostbite engine is not, just not going to work. And they're not going to be the only developers out there who make that decision. Uh, the 37 million number is impressive, but 
there's going to be a lot of developers that say it's just too hard for us to invest the 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 time and developer hours into and, and resources into porting our game to the switch because it's going to run really well on these new consoles and on the switch is going to be a a laggy uh five frames per second mess and we just can't do it we can't get it to run right and so we're just not going to try because it would be really bad pr if we ported the game to the switch and it was a bad port and i i would i would rather that a developer decide not to port it to the switch than give us a bad port on the switch uh that that's my opinion and i'm curious as to what you guys think uh in 2020 when these come out it's really great when when the other consoles come out it's really great that nintendo switch is going to be poised to have 45 to 50 million units in the uh out in the wild because that's a lot of customers that have the potential to buy these games from developers that are going to be possibly porting them from the other platforms uh so anyway thank you for listening and uh that's all for today uh however you know i'm not posting this episode until tomorrow so if more stuff uh happens i will find this nice quiet spot where i sat and and recorded this morning except for that that guy who came by asking me for 60 cents uh i will come sit here and record more tomorrow and post it then uh and you know if if i don't then this will be the the end of the show and i'll go ahead and give you the no i'll give you the end of the show tomorrow uh you guys stay awesome thank you for listening sorry for the audio quality you guys are fantastic see you later bye-bye Well, Mr. Sakurai has uh, unveiled all of the changes that are coming to Smash Brothers 4.0, which is uh, pretty exciting. I, I, I'm going to start by talking about the new character, the Dragon Quest hero. Uh, he gave him the other names, but I think like one was named 8, one was named 11, and then there were two other ones that I just... Uh, Edrigan, and then... I can't remember the last one. I don't have it in front of me, but... Uh, oh, just a reminder, I'm outside New York City. It's loud, uh, so sorry for the audio, audio quality. Okay, um, let, let's talk about the, the, the kit that this character has. It seems pretty crazy. There's so many different attacks, and this is thanks to the uh, menu system that is built into the game for this character. Basically... Uh, you know, if, if you play as as Pac-Man, uh, which is the, the character that I main, not that I'm any good at the game, I think it's ridiculous for me to say that I main anybody, but, I, you know, Pac-Man is the character that I play probably the most. Uh, when he is doing uh, his, his selection, he can uh, get different uh, uh, items to throw. So, you know, you throw the the cherries and they go real they don't go very far and then maybe you throw the the galaga uh icon or the the the, not an icon uh, npc the enemies from galaga and they'll do like this weird loop-de-loop thing and that's all based on how long you wait before you actually select it uh with um the dragon quest hero character Every time that you 
use this uh, ability, it brings up a menu of four things to choose from. And that menu is from a big list of different moves, but it, it populates the list randomly. So uh, basically, as you, 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 uh, you bring up the list, you look at the, I don't know how I'm going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to be, uh, play this, this guy very well because I just, I'm not fast enough. Um, but I know that there's going to be people who are going to be amazing at it. Uh, but you bring up the list, you look at the options. If you're not happy with the options, you can press R, the list will disappear. You can bring it up again and you look at your new options and there's going to be a, and there's just tons and tons of different spells that you can cast, which use up your MP. Uh, so when you are playing as this character, you have a secondary resource uh, is your MP that you have to manage, which means this character is already way too complicated for me because I'm, I'm just a simple guy. I'm just a simple guy, and I, I don't have the skill level to play this stuff. But the, the kit that the Dragon Quest hero has is just so I, I can't talk about if it's competitive or not because I don't know who, who the hell am I to talk about that stuff but it looks so damn fun it just looks really fun and I I personally think that there's gonna be a lot of people who look at this kit and they're gonna say there's too much randomness involved for instance the the character has you know, the randomized abilities that come up when you hit the menu. Uh, in addition to that, your character can crit, uh, which seems pretty crazy that, that sometimes an attack will do more damage than other times. Uh, I know that there's going to be a lot of people in the competitive scene that look at that and they say, well, I don't want to play a character that is based on RNG. And I can understand that. Uh, competitive stuff, they, they always want the game to be very predictable. Because they never want to... You, you never want to feel like you lost in a tournament because somebody else had a roll of the dice that was better than you. That feels unfair. And I can understand why everybody... Why people would, would, uh, would say RNG is bad in a fighting game. In a competitive environment, RNG is bad. I can understand that. As a filthy, as, as the filthiest of casuals, I think that it's really fun. It's always, it, it's really exciting when you hit that button and a crit comes, you know? That, that always feels really, really good. Of course, it also feels terrible when you hit that button 15 times and no crit comes. Uh, I talk about this game on the show a lot, and, and uh, I, I understand that that there's a you know it's not even a Nintendo game, but uh, Final Fantasy XIV has a has a healer in the game called the Astrologian, and the the way that the car, the game works, or the way that the class works in that game, is basically they take cards and then so they'll they'll pull out a card. And they'll say, okay, this card is probably best for a DPS class. So I'm going to give it to them. Uh, oh, this one's a big heal. I'm going to give it to them. I'm, I'm simplifying and I might even be getting some things wrong because I haven't played the Astrologian very much. Uh, but the card mechanic is very based on RNG. 
And it feels really good when you get the card, exactly the card that you want. And that's the feeling that a lot of people really love when they're playing as the Astrologian. You get exactly the card that you needed. It feels terrible when you draw a card like 15 times in a row and you don't get the card that you needed. That's when you feel like the RNG is screwing you. And, you know, I can talk about the crit with the Dragon Quest hero, or I can talk about the menu items with the Dragon Quest hero. You can hit that, uh, you can bring up that menu and hit R, you know, 15 times in a row and not get the ability that comes up on the, uh, to come up on the menu that you really wanted to use. You know, it, it could be a perfect time to use uh, a certain ability but if you don't use it, or if you can't get that ability when you want it, it feels unreliable and it feels frustrating. Uh, so I feel like I feel like this this hero has a very very impressive kit, but I anticipate that it probably won't get used as much in um, competitive play, only because it has that RNG portion to it and I know that Mr. Sakurai kind of he, he was he was like look this this character has more moves than any other character and I think that's awesome and it's a really good way that they took the source material and and brought it into Smash Brothers but at the end of the day who did it really serve I'm not sure uh, did it serve the competitive players? I don't think so. Did it serve, uh, serve a filthy casual like me? Probably more than the competitive players, but then again, my skill level is so low that I probably won't be able to take advantage of it. So I, I'm not sure how I feel about the about that change. That being said, uh, I think that he's got a really fun-looking kit. So I, I said that I don't know that his kit is especially competitive, but it does look like fun, and it also looks like fun to watch. So, uh, you know, if if you are somebody who plays competitively and you're like, oh, no, I think that this will work just fine, uh, feel free to let me know, uh, either through email or you can tweet at me. Uh, runjumpstomp at gmail.com or at runjumpstomp. Now, uh, in, in addition to this, uh, there are, oh gosh, where is it here? Uh, six Dragon Quest songs coming to Smash, in, including two uh, from each uh, released game, as well as a Dragon Quest uh, stage called Yggdrasil's Altar. Yggdrasil plays a big part in uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Uh, in addition, in the 4.0 update, uh, you also, th- th- they changed the final smash meters, so now there's a time limit. So, uh, let's say, if you don't play smash, then you might not know what I'm talking about. Final, final smash, there's two ways to get final smash. You can either have final smash slowly tick up over time, and so it'll fill up a bar, and then when it's full, you can use your final smash by hitting the B button, and it does like crazy attack, which is really impressive to look at and really hard to avoid and usually ends up with the person on the receiving end uh, getting knocked off the stage uh, so they lose the stock. The other way to get it is uh, with items on 
there will be a, a ball that comes out called the smash ball. And if you hit that, it, it takes a little damage. And if you are the last person to hit it when it breaks, then that fills your final smash meter and you can use uh, your final smash then. I think most people, uh, well, I don't, I don't know how most people feel. I know that in the competitive scene, they tend not to use the final smashes. I don't know if they use the final smash uh, tick-up meter, but I know that they tend to play with items off because, again, they try and avoid the RNG at all costs. Uh, but one of the things that I, I, I like about this, is, this change, is having a time limit. There's a train going by. Sorry about that. Having a time limit on using that final smash is great for characters that are really good at uh, ranged play, at keeping you away from them, because that means you can slowly build up that final smash over time and then hold on to it for, for just the right moment. If, if you do that, then it's going to be advantageous to play one of those characters that uh, can keep people at a range and basically you're biding your time until things are exactly right. Uh, that kind of gives an, an, an advantage to people who can use their attack range to, to play this waiting game. And uh, uh, that means the people who can't play that waiting game, uh, they're at a slight disadvantage. Well, with the time limit, that means you can't play the waiting game because you've got your final smash. Oh, damn. I need to use it now. I got to use it before it runs out. Uh, so I think that that's a very, very good uh, change. Uh, they also added a very easy difficulty to uh, the spirit mode, which is, I think that's great. Make it easier for people who want easier. And uh, there's also a new spectator mode where people can bet on who they think will win in exchange for points, kind of like the coins. So. You know, you earn coins in the game by playing the game. You can then uh, use those coins to bet uh, in the game and then maybe use those coins to unlock music or whatever. I, I, I don't get excited about that kind of thing. I just think it's it's, it's, it's a neat addition. Uh, it's not something that I'm particularly interested in. Uh, the, the biggest change uh, outside of the new character uh, is very, very exciting to me. And that is, we finally are going to be getting online tournaments. Uh, however, the rule sets will change periodically. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. It, the thing that I worry about is, is basically he said, uh, and I'm doing this all from my phone, so I can't watch the video while I talk about it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm on vacation and I'm, I'm actually... I, I got to get out of here. So let me wrap up. Um, the, the way that, that he described it is you basically you hit one button and you're in the tournament. Uh, okay. But, you know, we, we've heard from Nintendo before where they have, you know, said, oh, hey, we've got this new mode. Oh, great. It sounds awesome. But you can't play with your friends. And I, I don't know that you can play with your friends in this because it's it's hit a, hit a button and you're you're in the tournament. All right, I guess that seems fine, but I want to just be with my friends. I don't want to be doing this against. And well, I'm not interested as much in doing this against randoms. So uh, I I have not uh, played this because 
I'm in New York City. My switch is back home. I didn't bring it with me because I'm on vacation and uh, I haven't had a chance to try this yet. And I didn't find anything online about uh, how it works. And I think it's out already, isn't it? Or maybe it's coming out later today. I'm not sure. Uh, I predicted that it would come out later today because of the leak from uh, Nintendo of Europe. Uh, again, I'm, I'm on vacation. I haven't really been keeping up a, as much on the news as I usually do. Uh, but anyway, uh, hopefully this will allow us to do full tournaments. Uh, and if so, then what I will end up doing is, is hosting these tournaments over on twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. And uh, we will have a tournament or multiple tournaments where we are, you could do tournaments before, you just had to do a lot of work and it was kind of a pain in the neck. So now if the game will just do it for you and I'd be like, here's the tournament code, everybody let's join up and I can, I can spectate and stream the tournament. That sounds awesome to me. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun and uh, definitely something that I'm going to do if it's not just randoms. So, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out of town right now. I can't, I don't have my three screens and, and all that jazz. And, uh, I'm probably not gonna be looking it up later on today, but uh, if you wanna let me know that uh, uh, how the tournaments work, that would be awesome. Again, at runjumpstomp on Twitter, hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft or runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Uh, and I will see you guys uh, on the next one. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, that's our show for today. If you want to watch the show live when I'm not on vacation, you can find it over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you want to watch the videos that I post on my YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Get a hold of me runjumpstomp at gmail.com or at runjumpstomp on twitter use the hashtag nintendo switchcraft you can also uh oh if you want are looking for ways to support the show that's super easy to do runjumpstomp.com slash thank you and if you also uh, are looking to check out my other work you can uh, find that stuff at runjumpstomp.com slash shows i'm out of here thank you for listening i hope you have an awesome day and this will probably this is my last episode from the road. So next episode we'll be back to the regular audio quality that you guys are used to because I'll be back in studio. Thanks for listening. Uh, I will see you guys next time. Bye bye. <laughs>